your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. Hello, hello. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. It's Chelsea, and I am so excited to talk about today's topic, which is letting go of your inner good girl. Now, actually, I don't know if I'm excited as much as I am a little bit nervous, (laughs) because this is something I've never talked about. As I was planning this episode, I watched the resistance come up where I was like, maybe I won't talk about this. Maybe I'll talk about traveling or money or business or something else. And I was like, no, this is exactly why you need to talk about this is letting go of your inner good girl. My good girl was like, don't talk about this. You need to stay in your lane. You need to, you know, stay quiet. You need to not disturb the peace. And I was just like, okay, if I'm trying to break the habit of being in the good girl archetype, I need to break that habit by doing something different. So that's what I'm talking about today. So if you're wondering like, what the hell is archetypes? Why is she talking about this? What's going on? I will explain. So I have been learning a lot about archetypes, which you can almost think of as like video game characters and how as humans, when we dancing these different archetypes, we can really open up to the multifacetedness, is that a word, (laughs) that we possess. I love like making up words on this podcast. And I really love that idea because I think we all, especially our generation of millennials and Gen Z, recognize we're not meant to do one thing. It's actually psychotic to think that at 18, 19, 20 years old, you're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life after what high school and college when you were probably partying, didn't have that many responsibilities, are learning to be an adult. Like, why would you pick one thing that you don't even know if that's what lights you up? You don't even know about self-development or boundaries or healthy communication or anything. And all of a sudden, you're just picking a career track to work in for the rest of your life. And then you really start to identify with that career track. I know I did. I really identified with my work before of like, this is who I am. This is my income level. This is my status. Here's the clear trajectory to where I'm going. And I remember even going on dates and talking to people and I was like, I just sound like I'm reading off my resume or having an interview where I tend to come off as only being about my work. Like, who was I outside of work? And with that, it really limited my capacity to express who I really was about like loving dance and art and music and nature and the beach and all these things that, you know, now you just consider hobbies and like, of course you like those things. But for me, I I thought of those things as like not really a part of who I was and what made up my identity. So the whole concept of archetypes, again, think of them as video game characters, really came up last year when I was working with one of my mentors, Jenna Miller, who I'm still working with. And this year, when I signed up for the North Node membership with Michelle Pelazon of Holisticism, they've been talking about this. And Jenna always used to say, like, play within these different archetypes. Like, one day you could be the wild woman with messy hair, and maybe you wear more earthy colors and, like, darker makeup. And then maybe one day you're, like, the CEO, and you have a blazer and red lipstick and a ponytail. And to me, being new to all this, I was like, okay, like, isn't that just fashion? Isn't that just dressing differently? I don't understand how that would make me like recognize myself as any differently than just wearing something different that day. 
But the more and more I've played with them, especially in the last six months, you've probably seen this online, the more I've noticed it does actually really shift and help me express myself differently. Like one day I uploaded a reel and I had like bubble braids and red nails and a cheetah dress. And I don't normally dress like that, but I do have that outfit and I do know how to do that hairstyle and makeup. So it's funny, even right now you can see me speaking out loud like, oh, I don't normally dress like that. It's almost like I'm trying to defend my choice for wearing that, which is interesting. You can see how the good girl archetype really like lives within me. And then some days I dress like I'm going to a cozy coffee shop with a sweater and a little, you know, messy bun and maybe some blue blocker glasses. And that's like my Brooklyn coffee shop working on my creative stuff. Like that's a person that lives with inside me, too. Then when I go to a hip hop dance class, I'm like a totally different person. I'm sensual. I'm more forward. I'm more direct. I am like really it's someone I almost like don't recognize when I go to these classes. But again, it's like, no, that someone is me. I've just been conditioned to think that that's like a side of me I don't really show or, you know, that's not really me. That's just like once in a while she comes out. And being around so many people this year that have showed me like, it's okay to be 100 different things and do different things and identify as different things. And especially as a reflector, our whole thing is like we're chameleons and our identity changes every day. And that was really confusing for me because as humans, we really love certainty and we need certainty because we need something to feel safe, right? Like imagine every day if you walked in your room or your house And everything was misplaced all the time. It was like, now the couch is outside, your shampoo is by the pool, your car is in the backyard. Like, that's uncertain. You'd be like, what what the hell is this? Like, how am I supposed to operate in my house? That's kind of how our identities are, where if I just woke up and every day my closet had different things in it, it, it starts to scare me of like, wait a second, or it would scare me of like, whoa, 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 this isn't who I am. Like, you know, I dress earthy or I dress this way or I dress that way. And the more and more I, again, learn about enclosed cognition, which is like dressing differently to really change how you view yourself and archetypes, it's like, well, that's part of me. We can be multifaceted in it and expressed in different ways. You don't have to wear the same thing every day. You don't have to speak the same every day. You don't have to, I don't know, you can change your name if you want to. I've seen so many people this year change their name. And I'm like, this is a, a total reflection of people realizing I don't need to stay in this one little box that I was given years and years ago, and I'm allowed to be different. That's who I learned about archetypes from. And I like to think of them as video game characters because that's fun, right? When you log on a video game and it's like, choose your fighter or choose your own adventure. And you can even like dress them up. And that's why like bitmojis were so fun when people were creating them of like, ooh, what do I want her hair to look like? What is she dressing like? Ooh, this is something I could see myself wearing. It's doing the exact same thing in real life. And I've been playing with this whole concept of playing within the different archetypes. And It's been very interesting to watch how I perceive myself differently and shift my thoughts and my language and what still comes up with resistance. So that's what I want to talk about today is that inner good girl archetype and how I'm personally trying to let it go and how I think you could work on letting it go if that's something you feel like doing and what are the shadow sides of these things, what are the benefits and why I'm even like really having this conversation. So I think the first thing to know is that If you identify as being a good girl, you obviously at some point in your life benefited from that. 
I mean, society in general rewards people that are good girls, right? People love a girl that is polite and doesn't talk back and keeps the peace and generally is nice and gets along with everybody. You know, oh, she's such a good girl. That's praise. And we love praise as humans. We we have to admit that, right? When someone says something nice about us, we like it. So when people are telling you, oh, she's such a good girl, or your parents said she's such a good girl, or your partner, she's such a good girl, that feels good. And that can mean different things, right? I'm not saying this is a bad thing of like, oh, no, it's bad to be called a good girl. But I think if we're looking at the good girl as an archetype, archetypes do have qualities as well as shadow sides. So shadow sides are things that maybe aren't beneficial to being in that archetype. So for example... Uh, a good girl quality might be she's thoughtful, she's kind, she keeps the peace, generally admired, focused, smart, and you know often rewarded for her good behavior. The shadow side of that might be that she's a people pleaser, she overgives herself, she is very loose with her boundaries, she might not feel like she's being authentic because she's always just trying to people please. So that's what I mean of the qualities and the shadow sides. So I want you to just take a moment and think, where in your life have you played the good girl archetype? For me, it's in school. Always in school, straight A's, you know, dean's list, president's list, top of the class, never had any issues with teachers, never been to detention, never got in trouble at school. Uh, I, I literally cannot think of one single thing I got in trouble at school for. Actually, I'm lying. There was one thing. My friend and I copied each other's essays and turned them in and they <laughs> realized that they were the same exact one and we got in a little bit of trouble but we talked our way out of it and I'm thinking also of like legal issues never had a legal issue never been arrested never been to jail for one night never been questioned by the police so you can see how the good girl within me was very ingrained in an early age and I was rewarded for it I would get money for getting good grades I would get praise um, you know, cards from my grandma or, um, you know, just praise from my parents. So obviously when that conditioning is happening, when your brain is developing and you're growing up, it makes sense. Why would you be any different? If that's what you're getting praise for, why would you stop? In college, that's when the good girl archetype started to crack a little bit within me, not too much, but obviously when you go to college, you are in a different world now where the responsibilities are different the way you communicate with people is different, your social activities. And I was in a sorority and I went to FSU. So if you don't know anything about sororities or FSU, basically think of like the biggest party school and the movies that you see in, uh, you know, when they talk about Greek life and fraternities and sororities, that's exactly like my college. We were beer bonging off of, you know, three story mansions uh, from fraternity houses you know, I don't even know, doing jello shots, ice luges, like partying so hard. Okay. Like it was actually crazy. I was talking to my friend this weekend. I'm like, I honestly don't know how we're alive or how I don't have any major health issues from how hard I partied. And I'm not saying that to be like cheeky or funny. Like I intentionally blacked out like three times a week in college. And that's not a joke. I am 100% not exaggerating. I would black out and not remember a single thing. I would go out until three in the morning and have the test the next morning. I would pop an Adderall and try to study all morning and then go to class. 
So you can see how my good girl archetype was starting to crack a little bit because Adderall was something new to me. I wasn't prescribed Adderall. I knew people abused it and it wasn't actually supposed to be taken if you weren't on it, but I would pop it because everybody else popped it. Drinking to oblivion was something I absolutely did not do in college, or excuse me, in high school. Um, I definitely drank a lot, but you know, when you live with your parents and it's a small town, it's just totally different than when you're a land full of other college students and you're in a sorority and fraternity where the partying is like 10 times as hard. Now, what's interesting is the good girl archetype within me still showed up because I didn't try drugs until my senior year. And everybody at my college was partying very hard with drugs from like freshman year on. And I would always turn them down. And I was like, no, that's not for me. I only smoked weed a few times. Um, I didn't lose my virginity until senior year. And I'm just I'm kind of giggling at that because I did do other things outside of that throughout my freshman year through uh, through senior year. So it's funny that like I thought I was being like such a good girl, but it's like, okay, if we actually break down sexual acts and what I was doing outside of sex, it's like might as well not have even called myself a virgin. And by the way, like as I'm sharing this, I just want to let you know I am kind of nervous and it's just showing me how much this good girl is like begging me to like not stray from this image. Like this is a little bit edgy for me to talk about, even though it's I know so many of you can relate and I know I will get messages of people that have felt like this. It still feels weird. And we're going to talk about this in a second. But I just wanted to like throw that out there and add the transparency that I am a little nervous to talk about this. So, yeah, that's when she started to crack. And I didn't get in any legal trouble. Again, I was always like pretty big on following the rules. Um but I did notice like the people I was friends with and the connections I had would get me out of a lot of situations. For example, I was like best friends with the sorority president and everybody on the exec board. I was even friends with people higher up at, on like specific university departments. Um, I had internships with really high up people. So like I remember one time getting in trouble at a sorority party. I was like taking shots and you're not supposed to do that. And I was supposed to go to the it's kind of like the detention for a sorority they call it standards and I the president was like whatever you know we're gonna let this pass and if it happens again then you'll have to come and so I started like realizing okay you know who you're friends with and the people you network with can help you get out of situations that are technically bad which is also a form of privilege right like let's be completely honest here um and that's the, the whole good girl archetype in college started to also be further cracked when I studied abroad. Because now, again, think of like you removing yourself from your home and you're going to college. I was still in my college town with people that I knew. Now, all of a sudden, I go abroad. I don't know anybody except the students that I'm studying with, but I'm in a different country with different people, different culture, different language. And we had three days off every weekend. So that is when I started being like, oh, wait a second, I can like do a lot more and get away with a lot more over here. So that's when I started like, quote unquote, breaking the rules. And it's funny, because they're not even like massive things. But I remember in France, like I didn't pay for a train ticket. And I tried to <laughs> jump the freaking like ticket. I don't even know what it's called ticket gate, got in so much trouble, had to pay like 100 euros for a ticket. The French police were like, not thrilled, came up to me and talked to me didn't understand what they were saying. Uh, yeah, wouldn't have done that in my college town or in high school. Then 
what else happened? That is where like I officially lost my virginity. That's when I started like, you know, just being like, oh, you can meet people out and just make out with them on the dance floor, which I wasn't really doing. Actually, that's a lie. I don't know what I'm saying. I was doing that at FSU. I was definitely making out people on the dance floor. Um, and what else? That's where I started experimenting with drugs. I took Molly in Spain for the first time. Um, I'm sure I tried something else. I remember like skinny dipping with everybody, which felt very edgy to me because I was just, you know, always taught like keep your body covered up and your body is for yourself and, you know, only your partner and the love of your life should see your body. So that's when I started kind of like breaking the rules again some people are probably laughing like that's what you call breaking the rules but like for me coming from such a family where I was rewarded so highly uh for how good I was it did feel weird to like do all those different things and it felt very bad and edgy so when I got back from studying abroad back to the college town um the rest of the year was like normal college years, right? Just partying. And I had a boyfriend at the time and whatever, like just ended my senior year, how most people do. And then in um, Chicago, when I had my first job, the good girl archetype definitely just came right back. It was like, okay, yeah, you just move up the ladder, you do your work, you're good at uh, your job, you get rewarded for it, you get money, you get promotions, whatever. And I just started to notice when I was looking at content creators, because that was my job, we I worked as a sales consultant for a software that housed content creators, like influencers and writers and journalists, etc. And I would notice all these people like speaking out loud about whatever they wanted to online. And I remember being like, that's kind of crazy. Like, I can't believe people are just saying whatever they want online and posting this picture and she wore that and whoa, like that's a little edgy. But I was always kind of jealous. Like, I want to post stuff like that. I want to talk like that. I want to share more of me. And I tried to start a blog. Um, I don't even know if it's still up. I, I think I found it a few months ago. And then I don't know if I saved it or deleted it or what. But I was a really good writer. And I was good at like showing the more vulnerable sides of me, but making it funny and adding a little cheekiness to it. And that felt edgy to me. And I was like, oh, this is like interesting. I feel like I'm really showing a different side of me. But I found blogging to be very hard. I could not keep up with like formatting it and pictures and hyperlinking. I was like, I'm too lazy for blogging, to be honest. So then I tried an Instagram, like a beauty Instagram. And what's interesting is I had a few people kind of make fun of me because beauty Instagrammers were not a thing. You could see a few people thinking of starting them or like getting their footing in that world. But I did have friends being like, wait, what? You're just going to show beauty tips like that doesn't make sense because at that point Instagram was used just to like share your weekend photos and I remember being like yeah I guess that doesn't make sense and so I posted maybe four or five photos and then I just stopped doing that and then I started podcasting so 2017 is when I started podcasting it was after a breakup it was after I'd been listening to podcasts for a year or two and I knew this was like the space I wanted to be in because I could talk about whatever I wanted. I knew how to edit. I didn't have to dress up. I didn't have to worry about like formatting things. And all to me, audio is just so much easier than writing or video. I'm sure some people would disagree, but that's my experience. So my podcast and the conversations I was having with people and the, the way I could open up more, that's when I really started feeling like, 
oh, I don't have to hold on to this good girl image anymore. Like I could interview people about money, which is a little taboo or relationships or sex or whatever the case is. But what's interesting is if you look at all my episodes, I haven't really talked about sex that much. I don't think I've ever interviewed like a sex therapist or someone that, you know, specializes in sex. There's maybe a few. And I started to realize that the last six months. A lot of you have probably seen that or heard that or felt that because I've been hinting at it where I'm like, I'm ready for something different. I want to do a rebrand. I'm like need to revamp my business. And that is from noticing like I am playing a little too much in this good girl archetype. And I want to be not like a bad girl for the sake of being a bad girl and like spiting this good girl side of me, but just more me. And when I say more me, it's like more expressed. And I know that sounds very vague of like, what the hell does more express mean? I know for a fact that I am not saying and doing and presenting myself in all the ways that I want to because I'm scared of criticism or backlash or judgment. I know a lot of women who are on the same exact page as me. Like if I asked you, are you really, really every day doing the things that you say you want to be doing? Or, say, or doing the things you want to be doing, saying the things you want to be saying? Are you dressing the way you actually want to be dressing? Are you doing your makeup the way you want to be doing your makeup? Is your hair the way you want it? And most of the time, we're, we're doing things... Let me stop saying we. I will say I. I do things that I can like skate by and kind of float under the radar, which is interesting because I know a lot of people don't think that about me. Um, and I remember reading this quote the other day on Instagram that's like, the version of you that exists in your mind is different from every other single person's version of you that exists in their mind. Like the way you perceive yourself, no one else perceives you that way except you. And that was like a mind fuck. I was like, am I high? Like that is, <laughs> that is like so hard to comprehend, but it makes sense. And anyways, the reason I say that is because I feel like often I'm in this like good girl archetype where it's like I open up just enough and then I like kind of hide in this shell because I'm like oh don't rock the boat it's a little too edgy that might piss people off um and my podcast has really helped me break down those barriers because I have pushed the edge with it there are podcasts even this one where I'm like scared to talk a little bit about something because I'm like oh my god someone's gonna hate this I'm gonna get backlash my friends are gonna judge me my you know partner or my ex or my whoever is gonna judge me and then nothing has happened so I'm like, okay, so I have evidence that when I push the edges a little bit of myself, no one, if anything, people are supportive, which shows me, okay, I need to start doing more of that. So this is where the whole idea, not only for the rebrand of my business is coming in, but this podcast is like, I need to start showing people when you push the edges a little bit of your expression to be who you really are, you will not get backlash. And if you do, then those aren't your people. I lose followers every day. The other day I was on a dating app and someone just unmatched me out of nowhere and we were having a good conversation. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, of course it hurt my ego for a second. But I was like, you know why? Because I said something very direct to him that probably didn't like he didn't like it. I basically said, I don't like small towns because I'm in a small town right now. And I was like, I don't like small towns. I think they're boring. Like I need something a little more lively. And he lived in a small town. So who knows? Maybe he was like, okay, well, then we're not getting along, but just unmatch me. And the reason I bring up that example is because I don't think six months ago, a year ago, or even two years ago, I would have had that same reaction. 
I probably would have been like, oh my God, I, I wish I could take that back and tell him like, oh my God, I didn't mean to offend you. I, it's not like there's anything wrong with small towns, da, 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 like over explaining myself. And I can't lie, like for 30 minutes, I was a little like, whoa, what happened? Because he actually invited me out to a soccer game and we were talking and it seemed like we were getting along. So to get this unmatch out of nowhere hurt for a second. But I was like, but you just saved yourself so much time. If this guy loves small towns and want to raise his family and settle down in a small town, then this guy is not for you. So yeah, it hurt for a second. And I was like, this is the point I'm trying to make is like, I expressed myself in a way that was a little different. I was a little more direct with my opinion. He didn't like it. And that's okay. We're not a match. Every day I lose followers on Instagram every single day. I don't actively check it. I just notice that I'm like, oh, that number was different than yesterday, but it's actually lower. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, wait, it just went even lower. And I would say again, two years ago, that it would like really hurt my feelings. And I would have tried to figure out like who unfollowed me and why did they unfollow me? And did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? And now I'm just at a space where I'm like, good. Like, I don't want people to follow me. That's like having people at your party that you didn't invite right? Imagine you have a party and you're like, okay, these are all the coolest people in town. I love them. They're my best friends. And all of a sudden there's these like random people hanging out in the party. And you're like, who are these people? Like, have we met? Do I even know you? Like, why are you in my house? That's how I feel about people that don't follow me. I'm like, good. You left the party. I'm glad because also from an algorithm perspective, I don't need unengaged people that are not going to interact with my content following me. I want a high engagement rate. I want people that are going to want to work with me or support me or listen to me or collaborate, whatever the case is. I don't need random ass people that don't want to follow me following me. And that has come from letting my inner good girl go. I had a lot of tendencies to be a people pleaser or not be super authentic and this again was like a past version of me, but in the last year and especially the last six months, I've stepped into being okay with not being for everybody, being okay with embracing more of that like inner bad girl and, and being okay with like being more direct. And I want to talk to you about how you can do that and how I've done that. So when I say bad girl too, I know there's different connotations with that, right? Like I kind of think of like bad girl Riri and the kind of like the Instagram bad girl aesthetic where it's like um, the nightclub or the lingerie or winged liner or um, what else? Like maybe she smokes cigarettes or she talks back to authorities or she breaks the rules. Maybe she creates her own lane. So the qualities of like a bad girl archetype are She's more of a disruptor and she's pretty unique and she's magnetic and she's a leader. She really marches to the beat of her own drum. But the shadow sides of that could be that she does things just in spite of people. So she's not really doing it for herself or authentically. It's just to spite someone. Or maybe she's more individualistic versus community focused. So she's only about herself or she's rebelling just for the sake of rebelling, like just to be different. There's no true purpose. So again, when I'm talking about archetypes, there's always kind of this quality side and this shadow side. And for me, I noticed too, that there were definitely moments in my life where I'm like, am I doing this because I want to, or is this just to spite somebody and show you like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. Or was this just for the sake of being different? I think it's important to self-reflect on those things. So for me, what I realized is there are just sides of me that I've been holding back and that I've been like scared to show more of. And this clearly comes from fear of judgment or criticism or backlash. You know, when I post something, 
most of us go through this, I think, where you post something and you can think of just like this small group of people that you're like, oh my God, are they going to talk shit about this? Are they going to screenshot this? Are they going to text me and be like, what did you just post? Are they going to like send this to their mom and be like, what is going on with Chelsea? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of like a very small group of people that might talk shit about me behind my back. And that's what prevents me sometimes from saying the things I want to really say or doing the things I really want to do. And I think I need to embrace more of my inner bad girl versus more of the inner good girl and go with the flow of my own wave, right? Like surf my own wave instead of worrying about what everybody else is doing. So one small way to do this, actually, I'm not going to give you one way. We're going to talk about a lot of ways is start in baby steps, first of all. And I always talk about this, but baby steps will help regulate your nervous system. So if you're like, hell yeah, I'm ready to like unleash the inner bad girl and let go of the inner good girl. Let's go all the way fucking in. Okay. Maybe that works for you. For me, that does not work. I work in like tiny to medium steps and then I adjust and recalibrate. Then I move to the next step and recalibrate. So for me, starting small looked like just appearance things that I wanted to do that I may not have done in a different version of myself in the past. For example, my nails. You know, I love getting my nails done, but there was a very big period of my life where I was like, oh my gosh, getting fake nails means you're fake or you're shallow or people won't take you seriously or you're not classy. They look trashy. I've heard all these things about fake nails. I mean, I've literally seen people talk about this online too, of like, oh my God, your natural nails are so beautiful. I don't understand why people get fake nails. And I know it's coming from a well-intentioned place, but it does make you feel bad about yourself of like, oh my God, am I just shallow? Am I not connected with my intuition? Am I, you know, some like dumb airhead that just wants fake nails? And for me, it's like, no, the nails represent an expression of me that does activate that like kind of bad girl side. So even recently, I just got like more coffin shaped nails that are matte black would have never gotten those in the past. I would have been like, oh, that's too edgy. That's not my personality. That's not really what I am. I'm more of like a nude and baby pink kind of girl. And this is a way that I can activate that bad girl archetype. Another thing you can do is your hair, haircut, hair color. Uh, something I've been wanting to do for a long time is dye my hair. And I am telling you, my inner good girl is like screaming at me to not do it because I'm so nervous of what people are going to say. I know people think I'm, I look good blonde. I hear it all the time. Your hair's stunning. You're, you're so stunning as a blonde. You look amazing with a blonde hair. But I want to do something a little different. Like part of me really wants to dye it dark brunette. Some part of me wants to get like a colorful streak. There are some days where I just want to dye it all like light lavender. And I'm like, okay, this shows me that I'm living for other people right now. By keeping my hair blonde is people pleasing because I'm just hearing people literally tell me that. And so I'm pleasing them by not doing anything different. So when I get home in a few weeks, I have a hair appointment and I want to do something a bit different, whether that's a haircut so I could start small with like, I don't know, maybe get bangs or maybe get more layers in a way I've never done it or get a shaggy haircut. Maybe it is color. Maybe I ask her to like put a random streak of pink or purple in, or maybe it's dyeing the whole thing dark brown. Who knows? I also think makeup is a great way to play within these different archetypes. Um, Makeup is so fun, right? Like that's really why we love doing our makeup. You know, when you go to the club, like you wear a different makeup than when you're going to work, than when you wear makeup to go to your grandma's house. It's all so different. And that shows us that we do kind of wear these different masks 
but I don't think of it anymore as a mask as much as I do I'm playing a character and that helped me reframe my relationship to makeup because I also went through that phase too. I told you I wanted to start a beauty Instagram and I loved makeup and then I went through this whole spiritual awakening and you know really getting in touch with nature and yoga and meditation and all of a sudden I was like oh my god makeup is bad it means you're again inauthentic or fake or shallow or whatever the case and now I'm like oh my god who cares if it makes you feel good and you actually feel confident and you're helping people and you're not doing anything bad why would doing your makeup any differently be a bad thing so playing with makeup doing winged liner a red lip Maybe you even go a little, uh, turn the volume up and like do some glitter. Um, Halsey, I love Halsey. She's like all over my mood board for my rebrand. If you've been watching her, she's been doing these makeup tutorials where she puts like a little um, like crystal on her eyeball, on her eyeball. No, 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 on her <laughs> eyelid. Or like she just kind of gets like different, it's almost like props or like costume stuff that she puts on her face. And I'm like, because she's just having fun. She's actually a great example of someone that plays with different characters. Another good celebrity that like plays within the bad girl archetype uh, and plays with different characters is Miley Cyrus, right? We've seen her go through so many different phases. And the, you know, uh, what was it era? Bangers era, where she just shaved her head and was going all out, twerking, tongue out. And she's changed characters like every few years. Then when she was married to Liam and she did the whole Malibu song, she was like a little more earthy and she was like, you know, saltwater hair and doing yoga and Pilates. And now she's kind of back to like this rock star Miley with the bleach blonde mullet and black and tons of tattoos and piercings and jewelry. And that's what I mean of like someone that plays with different archetypes and characters. Taylor Swift, she's done this too. Her reputation era. Hello, that was like a whole different version of her. She literally said, sorry, the old Taylor can't come to the phone. Uh, the new Taylor is here, whatever the hell that famous line was, right? So you can start to see what I mean when people play with different characters and the way they dress, the way they do their makeup, their hair, all that stuff is fun ways to play with archetypes. You can also think of archetypes too, as like, um, people that have stage names, right? Like a lot of DJs, those aren't their names. They just came up with a stage name or writers. It's like their pen name or their ghostwriting, And they use totally different name people that have, um, different screen names, right? Like some people don't use their personal handle. Like instead of Chelsea Rife, I could call myself the podcast queen and that could be my whole brand, but I'm not going to do that. But like, that's an, that's a character, right? Like that's almost using a pen name to change how I'm viewing myself. So yeah, I think something with um, appearance, I think going with your appearance first and like starting with tiny or medium steps is a great way to play with archetypes. Speech. Okay, this is a huge one. Saying or posting something different than you normally would. This was a huge one for me. I remember my podcast, I started cussing and I was like, great. I like people aren't going to listen anymore. I'm turning people off. I probably just lost a huge portion of my audience who doesn't cuss. Just way overthinking it. And what's interesting is like I did get feedback and my mom even said to me like, oh, maybe you could cuss less. And I don't know. There's no reason to cuss that much. And it does make me crawl back in and want to wear the good girl hat of like, oh, I, can't, I shouldn't say the F word too much. That's not refined. That's not intelligent. You know, you have a bigger vocabulary. And I still struggle with that sometimes. Like there are 100% there are times where I'm recording this podcast where I'm like, did I really need to cuss that much? Or 
you know, could I have cut back? And I think it's something that I'm just working through, but I think the way you speak, and I'm not saying, oh, start cussing, but like you, when you go out to restaurants, ordering more directly, maybe ordering first instead of last, ordering what you actually want instead of what everybody else is getting. Same thing with posting stuff online. You can post. I mean, that's why people have like totally different Instagram accounts because they're like posting almost from a different lens or character. That's why presets are so interesting because people like develop their own aesthetic and their own world online. That's why different graphics exist. That's why people have brands and brand colors and brand books and fonts and all that stuff because it creates a character, so to speak. Like a brand in a way is a character. So what are you posting online that maybe you could change up and do a bit differently? Maybe you get a little more vulnerable or maybe you just share something you haven't shared that, you know, you're normally sharing uh, travel stories and your brunch plans and maybe you're opening up a little bit more about something else. And of course, I'm not saying you have to do this, but this is a way that I did it. I remember very specifically last year starting to post different content more around my business and mindset and my immediate thought was, oh my God, what am I doing? All my coworkers are going to make fun of me. My old boss is probably like, what the hell is Chelsea doing? You know, guys I've dated are probably looking at my profile being like, I don't know this side of her at all. Who does she think she is? And those thoughts really crept over my mind when I started posting like things that were a bit different to me. And it's been a practice. It's, it really is a practice. I'm not kidding. Like every day I'm like, okay, just post this. You don't have to worry. Like you need to say this thing. And I think that's a great place to start too, is just posting something you normally wouldn't. Maybe it's also doing something for yourself that just feels a bit edgier. For example, a photo shoot. Last year, my photo shoot really was, I'm like smiling thinking about it because I remember so specifically being like, I don't want to present myself the way I've been presenting. And the girl was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just want to do something a little bit differently. Like, I kind of want to take my top off at the beach and take a picture. I kind of want to maybe get in the water naked and take a picture. And that felt so edgy to me because, again, I don't come from that background. I don't come from an area or a town or a friend group or anything that, you know, being overly... or a friend group that people are doing that. Like I don't have models in my life for that or expanders that some people call them. Like I had no frame of reference other than people I saw online or people in the magazines or influencers. So when I made this decision to like, okay, I'm going to take my top off at the beach and take a picture that felt super edgy to me. And immediately my like antenna went up of like, oh, my mom's going to see this. What if my dad sees this? What if my boyfriend's parents see this? What? Like it started freaking me out a little bit. But I was like, no, this is exactly what I mean. I need to stick to my lane. If I'm going to embody the quality part of the bad girl of like being a disruptor and being unique and being a leader, I need to walk the walk. So I need to do this. And I can tell you right now, you may have people gossip. You may have people talk shit about it. You may have people who don't get it. They may some they may say something that you don't want to hear. But that's when you have to stay true to why did I do this? What was the purpose of this? What was the purpose of this haircut or me saying this or me posting this? If it came from one of those quality sides of like, I'm doing this because I wanted to, period. I'm doing this because I felt like it, period. Then stick to that. If you're doing it just to, again, spite somebody or rebel for the sake of rebelling or just to prove something to someone, yeah, that probably won't feel as good than if you did it for yourself. And I think another thing that could be helpful 
of doing something for yourself that feels edgy is like going into a sex shop and just buying something for yourself. I remember the first time I went into a sex store and I was like, oh, like my good girl was like, get out of here. Sex is bad. Sex is for people that are, you know, only in very committed relationships. You can't be here. Like I was like kind of freaking out. I, I was like giggling like, oh my God, we shouldn't be in here. Um, and obviously the more and more that I have learned about sexuality and sensuality and worked with mentors and grown up, I'm 30 years old now. I understand that going into a sex shop can be fun. So like getting yourself a vibrator, getting yourself a sexy outfit or lingerie or just something you normally wouldn't get like that. Again, it feels a little bit edgy, but you're like, ooh, I want to try it. That's something I would recommend. It's really fun. So all of this is to say that this type of stuff is what's going into my new work. Like this new rebrand is what I'm focusing on and it is going to be edgy. I can tell you right now in my mind, I can already think of people that will not agree with it or like it. I may lose followers. You guys may not even want to be listening to what I'm talking about anymore. Like maybe this episode isn't resonating with you, but I know if I keep going down the path I'm going on where I'm kind of just people pleasing and keeping things the way they are, I'm not being true to myself. And that's what I want to teach everybody is like, stay true to yourself, stay unwavering in your faith and your beliefs and your expression. And you probably have seen me hint at this in the past, I don't know, maybe six months about like being a little bit more rebellious and owning my power of like who I really am. And that's something I'm coming to terms with is like, I do not see things traditionally. I think very differently. And I know if I could fully express myself, I would be doing it more. Again, using the hair example, like for months, I've been wanting to dye my hair. And for months, I've been wanting to book like a really sexy photo shoot, but I just get scared of like, oh my gosh, what will this person think of me? And everybody thinks I look good blonde. And you know, what is my, what are my parents going to think if I do a sexy photo shoot? And I would love to take like a pole dancing class or one of those like heel dancing classes, but I don't want to look stupid. And are people going to think I'm just doing that to uh, prove something to somebody? And the funny thing is like, no, I, all that stuff is helping me embrace this inner bad girl. And that inner bad girl is not to spite anybody. It's like, that's just the fun part of like being who I am. I like doing all those things. So I'm taking baby steps. Like I said, I just got the black nails. I booked a hip hop class this weekend. I'm getting a different haircut when I get back home. And I'm doing all this to regulate my nervous system and not like freak myself out. But in business, it's going to be reflected too. I'm working on a rebrand. I'm working on booking a photo shoot. And also with how I speak too, like I'm setting harder boundaries. I've had to have some tough conversations with clients in the past two weeks about contracts and things that normally I'm like super flexible on. And again, people pleasing, who cares? Yeah, we can let this go. Where now it's like, no, this is when it's due. This is what you agreed to. Here's what's happening. And so I have to like remember that that's part of this this whole like inner bad girl archetype now is like setting these harder boundaries. Also my program names and the structures are going to be a bit different. What I'm focusing on and don't worry, all this information will be like shared more in posts and emails and everything. But I wanted to give you all let listen to the podcast kind of a sneak preview and more context. And then in personal life, like, again, maybe it's something buying a little edge, buying something a little bit edgier, and having more direct conversations. Like if I'm going to be a leader, leaders have very direct, clear communication. So I probably need to have a little more direct conversations, whether that's with family members or clients or friends, sharing things publicly like this. This is a, this is not something that I was like stoked to talk about. Like, yes, I was excited because it's breaking me out of the good girl hat, so to speak. But I wasn't like, 
yay, I'm so excited to like share that I'm kind of nervous and this is what I'm up to and like I'm doing something a bit differently. Like it it is very weird to just talk about something you don't really talk about often. So that's something that I'm playing with is like sharing more publicly. And yeah, I, th- I think you're going to see that in the next few weeks with the podcast and content coming out and the rebrand. And I also want to make sure that when I'm speaking about this, I'm not talking about being a bad girl in a way of the, again, the shadow sides of like disrespecting people and talking back and like triggering people and like, who fucking cares? Get out of my way. Fuck the system. Like, that's not who I am. This is more of like authentic expression of like, oh, you want to go take a pole dancing class? Hell yeah, let's go. Like, go grab your heels. I want to do that with you. Oh, you want to like go do a photo shoot where you're wearing a wet t-shirt and you're like a little more sensual? Yeah, let's go there. Like, that's what I'm talking about is like allowing you to step out of your normal day to day and really pushing the edges a little bit with your self-expression. So I'm super excited about this. I hope all this made sense. Sometimes when I do podcasts, I make an outline and I'm like, was this even an outline or was this just random ass notes that somehow got put together and created a whole episode? Because that's how it feels sometimes. So if you've listened this far, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And like I said, I'm just so excited for what's to come. And there's something coming. There's something coming in October about this. Stay tuned. I'm like keeping it quiet until some things are finalized, but we are going to work on letting go of this good girl archetype and really stepping into like our biggest, baddest, most fun, lively, vibrant self-expression. And that's what I want to help everybody do is like unleash your voice, unleash your expression. And I'm excited about it. So yeah, it's going to come in October. Stay tuned. And if you've listened this far, thank you. I would absolutely appreciate a review. If you leave a review at the end of this month, you will get entered into a giveaway to win an Oracle card reading with me, which I will pull in October. So just leave the review and then send a screenshot to at Chelsea Rife on Instagram or to my email info at ChelseaRife.com. Share this episode with a friend, DM me and let me know what you think. What do you think about the new rebrand, about everything coming up? Was this helpful? Do you want to play with a different archetype? And by the way, archetypes are fun because it's like, again, the video game characters where you just get to pick a new one. I've been talking about good girls and bad girls, but I've also been playing with archetypes of like the nerdy artist and the CEO and the surfer girl. Like it's fun to kind of like pick a character every day and then just dress up and speak like them and talk like them and eat like them. It's it's to me like that's kind of the point of life, right? Like why would we come on here to only be one thing or do one thing when we could be it all? So yeah, I feel like now I'm like going on a Tony Robbins rant or something. So I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to share more about what's coming in October and I will see you next week.